Welcome back to another episode of the Demand Efficiency Podcast with me, your host, Eli Rubel, formerly Elias, but hey, names are hard. This is the show where we unpack and benchmark the methods and tactics used to reduce CAC by the most efficient and fastest growing companies in tech. Frequent listeners will know demand efficiency is a leading indicator and North Star metric for teams focused on reducing CAC. And in each episode, we'll evaluate how the best companies in the industry are driving down their cost to acquire while still achieving remarkable growth. In today's episode, we talk with Simon Chuang, who heads up digital marketing over at Lacework. And specifically, our conversation is all about revenue orchestration, and even within that, the specific demand efficiency lever of the lead opportunity quality feedback loop. When a lead comes in, it's not just being passed over the fence, but how do we create that feedback loop, that personalization, such that it's a continuous experience of the journey they've already been on leading up until that moment, and then such that further down the pipe, as that lead becomes an opportunity and that opportunity becomes a customer, there's a feedback loop back to marketing. The corny example I like to use when thinking about the handoff between sales and marketing is a party bus pedal bike, the kind where there's a keg in the middle and there are a bunch of people pedaling it all around town. It starts off where one team maybe sources that opportunity, but it's not an opportunity yet. They're the only person pedaling the bike. Then an SDR gets involved. Now there are two people pedaling that bike. Then a life cycle team gets involved. And obviously the teams and members will be different at every company. But at the end of the journey, when this pedal bike becomes a customer, there should be a lot of people sitting around the table who have been part of that entire journey or the majority of that journey together and are all learning and getting better for the next opportunity through that journey. And so it's kind of a cheesy visualization But really bringing all of those stakeholders together and keeping them together in this continuous feedback loop is what you're going to hear Simon and I talk about today when we dig into this growth lever, this efficiency lever, being the lead to opportunity handoff. All right, Simon, I am amped for this conversation today. You and I have had several conversations before about this really important piece, this really important lever within the demand efficiency framework around lead op quality feedback and what actually happens after that point of conversion on the digital side of marketing. So why don't you talk to me about, you know, you guys scored perfectly in the category of revenue orchestration in the demand efficiency framework. Why don't we hone in on that lead op quality feedback? Talk to me about you know what you're doing in that space today. Yeah. So I'm responsible for digital marketing here at Lacework. And so what that has traditionally meant for a lot of digital marketers is that, hey, you're going to roll out some ads. And depending on what your call to action is, hey, your goal is to get a form fill, right? You want to bring that lead from a lead generation perspective in. And while that is one goal, it's not enough just to have a good conversion rate and a form fill. If your goals are really pipeline and revenue, which we are held to, you have to walk that lead beyond that form fill, right? Like, what does that look like when that lead gets routed to your sales team? What does that first interaction look like? And how do you help them become successful? Because our success is dependent on their success, right? And so what we really do is we work really closely with our sales team, our sales development reps, right? 
to understand, okay, hey, this lead came from a specific channel in a specific way. Here's the context to it. Here's the messaging that we provided. Continue that conversation, right? It's not good enough to have a generic response and reach out. People want a personalized experience. That's how I kind of see it from a, not just our personas, but just from like a human touch point experience, right? Continue the conversation. Don't make it feel like, hey, you were just passed off. And so I help personalize some of that outreach. Hey, we want to talk about what we know about you. We took some time to understand you, understand your challenges. And that follow-up has really improved the conversion rates post-form fill from booked meeting and beyond, right? Like we look at opportunities created afterwards, meeting moving forward. And so that really has helped our sales team improve and hit their numbers so that we can continue to hit our numbers as well. I love the the framing of this kind of symbiotic relationship. It's interesting to me because this handoff is something that a lot of companies talk about. They talk about it being important, but not a lot of them nail the execution. So I'd love to really hone in on tactically speaking, like how have you set up? It's a two-way passive information, right? You're making sure that all the context is handed to them And then you're also looking to collect feedback about how those conversations are moving forward and and anything you can glean there. So how have you orchestrated the process and the execution side of that? I think one of the challenges is that a lot of organizations may have a lot of SDRs, right? Or sales folks. And so as you can imagine, everyone has a different way of doing things, how they think they can be successful. Typically organizations, SDR organizations will have a generic script of some sort, right? Most of the time, that doesn't work. Now, you can help tailor that towards, hey, specific programs or maybe even personas. While that's good, it's almost not good enough, right? Because each person is different depending on what size company they're at, what persona they're at, what their environment looks like. We have some data on prospects and what they use from a technical standpoint, right? So you kind of have to take a look at it from that lens and then build your outreach in that way, right? It takes a little bit more time, but... When you put in a little bit more time, it definitely feels like you care, right? Because, and it should show in your outreach versus your generic, hey, Mr. Customer, we've seen customers that like, just like you that have these generic challenges, right? It's not good enough. And I I think the focus for us and what we've seen in, in testing is that it's not about showing your worth and your solutions, but really understanding their challenges, right? Frame it in that sense. And that first conversation should be about what are your pain points and what are your challenges? And you should have a lot of information about that across, you know, all the prospects that you've talked to and you can relate, right? That's that conversation where we generally are here to help. So how do we help you solve your challenges? Then you can kind of bring into the fold your solution and your approach and why you're different. But that initial outreach should be just those things, personalized, talking about your your pain points and challenges and make it conversational, right? Like don't use a ton of buzzwords. Don't feel like you're a script because you can sniff that out. And when someone feels like you are there to help them and you are there to genuinely understand them, hey, that's going to move that forward. So that's what we've seen in a lot of our testing and our outreach and really getting our, our sales team in that mindset as well. So logistically speaking, how do you ensure that that remains true throughout the process? Meaning like, A, we'll start here. Do SDRs roll to sales or marketing? Traditionally, we've had demand gen and SDRs roll into the 
sales side, revenue side, like revenue marketing side. That's largely still held true. So having that tight relationship is super important, right? If you guys are siloed and you're doing your own thing and internally it feels like a handoff because it is, you're not going to be as successful. So yeah, having that org set up, you know, I've seen it work other ways, but you just have to make a little bit more effort, right? Because you're not as aligned from an org standpoint. But I think you touch on a really good point where it's a problem of scale, right? There's a lot of reps out there. There's a lot of different ways to do things. And I think it's not a silver bullet, but it's, you know, we call them teachable moments, right? You can understand what does work for you and what doesn't. And you should be empowered to go, you know, take what we have as a framework, not as, you know, you got to go do it this way, but take it as a framework and figure out what works for you as well, right? This is just, you know, one approach. And we feel like, hey, this, we always have it backed by data, right? Like what are the conversion rates and all that? But it's not the single source of like how you should do it. It's just a guiding point. So I think we'd leave it open up to interpretation a little bit. But at scale, it, it does truly become hard, right? And for me, I've taken the approach of all the leads that I generate that come through my programs. And depending on what channels that they come from, hey, here's a specific how to reach out, how quickly to reach out, where to reach out, right? Along with the personalization. I think all those things matter. But that's hard, right? Like a lot of these reps are doing a lot of volume. Hopefully they are, right? (laughs) But I think that also goes to another point about quality. Truly is about quality if you want better conversions. If you're doing more spray and pray, you better be doing a lot more volume. But we know that in this, this climate, volume's a tough thing. So if you focus on the things that you can control a bit more, like quality, hey, you may be as successful without doing... I don't want to say doing as much work, but doing as much volume. Today's episode is brought to you by No Boring Design. Wow, what a name. No, we know this team well. We've brought them in to help with a number of engagements when design becomes a bottleneck for shipping campaigns quickly. Uh, Also when design is boring, right? A lot of B2B status quo becomes boring and it doesn't have to be. So we bring this team in, they level up the quality design and they remove design as a bottleneck to ship campaigns, content, product marketing assets, you name it. If it needs a design and you're hung up on it, this team can help. Um, Somehow they managed to do this. I think their price point starting out is 2,500 a month. Uh, Obviously goes up from there, but what a great resource. We've seen them firsthand do great work with Dropbox, Yelp, a number of our big clients they've been a part of. So check them out, noboringdesign.com, noboringdesign.com. And how do you handle the you know further down the funnel follow-up? Do you have a set meeting cadence with those reps? How do you collect that information to understand, okay, they, at the handoff, we nailed it. They, got, they had the right context. They knew how to reach out and when, but now it's been you know, depending on your sales cycle, X number of days, how do you go back and, and systematize that data collection at the bottom of the funnel? Yeah, yeah. So we, we have pretty defined customer journeys or sales journeys. So if someone has taken a meeting with us and they haven't progressed, they're marked as a stalled discovery meeting or a stalled opportunity. And so we can see that in the system and we can group you back as a specific audience. Hey, you've engaged this far with us. What's some additional context that you need? And, and that 
that comes from our sales team to give us a little bit of context. We can see that in our CRM, right? There's some notes in there, hopefully, if our sales team has good hygiene. But you can start to understand, okay, like here's a general message for folks that haven't progressed forward. Hey, we need to talk a little bit more about this, right? Or that. And you can build content or you can build ads and messaging around that to kind of get in front of them and try to bring them back into the fold. I think that's important. And our marketing ops team is great. I mean, we have specific set intervals of, hey, if you've been in this stage for X amount of time and you haven't engaged in an activity, hey, we're going to bucketize you here. And we can create that audience and we can go run some content, right? That makes sense for that person or that group of people. So this is a two-part question. The first part is related to this category of the the handoff and, and personalization feedback between sales and marketing. What's that next frontier? Like, what are you excited to work on or further advance? And then part two is, if you were to go back a year and give yourself some guidance based on what you know now in this category, what would that be? If I could go back a year, I would have, I would have reached out and kind of focused on the handoff earlier, right? We, we were kind of in that traditional mindset of, hey, we got you this great lead, great title, right account. And, you know, perfect scenario that they're here for a demo request, right? And in most demand gen or marketing mindsets, that's like, hey, here you go, sales. This is a great lead. And then what happened is that sales either maybe didn't reach out quickly or maybe the reach out wasn't aligned with the the messaging that we put out. And so they either didn't book a meeting or they booked a meeting and didn't progress, right? And so, like, if you actually care about pipeline and revenue, you have to understand that that handoff is the most critical piece, right? We kind of live and die by booked meetings and, and turning that into opportunities. And if you're not getting that piece right, nothing else really matters. You can have the best leads. You can have the most volume. doesn't matter, right? And so I really think that that is such an important piece. And I think our SDR team is such an important piece to marketing and to sales, right? Because they they control that aspect. They control that first human touch to your brand or your company. And that really determines a lot of how this lead progresses. And so I think having that alignment, like you said, from the demand general marketing side to the SDRs to sales is, is really that full funnel aspect that you really got to get right. So I wish I would have done that earlier because we sat there going, hey, like we got our, and to be fair, you know, for us, we change a lot. We test a lot and we thought we were doing things right. But when we see that, hey, we're not generating the pipeline that we thought we were going to forecast for, what happened? Like the right leads are there, the right accounts are there, but they're not converting. So it's not good enough in this in this environment anymore. You got to take it that next step further. You got to ensure that that handoff is improved, right? So I, I really think that that's what a year ago I wish I would have focused more on that. Totally fair. And then what's that next frontier? How can you push it further? You know, I look at my channels and I look at the things that I can control. But I think it it really is a bigger problem that needs to be addressed for all leads that come through all programs, right? There has to be a significant organizational mindset shift 
on the demand gen side, on the marketing side, and on the SDR side, that this is a two-way relationship, right? We got to be on the same page and we need to have that strong connection. And I think that as a person that owns a specific area of demand gen, everyone else needs to be on board. Our campaigns team, the rest of the inbound, even outbound, right? Like I talked to one of our best SDRs and the other day, kind of timely conversation here, but he was the SDR of the year. And I asked him, hey, what'd you do differently? He said, I personalize everything, right? I All my outreach was personalized. I took some time to understand this person, right? Who am I talking to? Is it a C-level person? Is it a director level? Or is it a practitioner? These people all have different challenges. And the fact that you can go out and really feel like, or have them feel like you did some research and you went above and beyond and you made it conversational and the fact that you genuinely wanted to help, right? Like that's how you get your foot in the door. Because the reality is, is that a lot of companies are doing, you know, generic outreach. You get flooded, bombarded with it via phone calls, emails, LinkedIn messages, whatever the medium is, how do you stand out? And I think that is one of the ways is just to feel like people genuinely cared about you, right? And and did some, t- took some time. And that's hard because it takes time and effort. And if you have a lot of things to do, you got a lot of leads in your queue, what do you prioritize? And, and I think that's a big piece of the puzzle too, right? Like how do you prioritize? That's where a lot of things like lead scoring and we have tiered leads uh, for our SDR team to say, hey, you should focus on these. And there's a set of criteria for the three different levels that we have. But I think that's largely helped. And I think that, like I said, it's an organizational shift in mindset that you can't be generic. (laughs) You got to personalize. You got to care. And it really will translate because the reality is we are here to help, right? Like that, that, that is the aim of most organizations. How can we best help our customers? At least I hope that's the case. And so that should translate to better results. There you have it. Hopefully some very helpful nuggets for you on how to orchestrate and implement a high-quality lead-to-opportunity handoff between sales and marketing to drive efficiency and growth. I really enjoyed one particular part of our conversation where Simon reflected back on what he wished he would have done or what he would do if he went back a year in time uh, differently. And he really focused in on implementing these processes earlier. I think that's something we all can relate to is this feeling of once we have these insights, wanting to go back and and bring that to the table earlier in the growth journey. So with that, we'll see you next week. As always, if you'd like to see how today's guest scored on the demand efficiency benchmark, you can head to mattermade.co forward slash demand efficiency. Again, that's mattermade.co forward slash demand efficiency, where you'll be able to see all of the guests who have participated in the demand efficiency benchmark survey, segmented by selling motion, industry, fundraising amount, you name it, you can slice and dice, and you can even take the survey for yourself and see how your demand programs stack up when it comes to demand efficiency. We'll see you next time.